welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. We're in my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And of course, if you haven't guessed, it's me, Elise. How are you doing? It is episode 40. It's season two. <laughs> I've been talking about this for weeks. Like, when does the season two start? I should know. I should have looked it up. I don't. But guess what? Today, I decided season two. I think probably 40 episodes is long to start a second season. But say, la vie, here we are. How are you doing? How are you? <clears throat> Let me tell you how I am. I just put on lip liner to feel better about myself, you know? Because, I, because I'm going around like a Shonda mess, okay? A Shonda mess, which I think is a Yiddish word, like that I learned from like my Jewish friends when I was growing up, and I love them all, because I went to more bar and bat mitzvahs than I did communions and confirmations. And um, hard to believe, knowing that I'm from Staten Island, but yes, it was true. And, you know, I'm just walking around all day long, every day I have the same routine. I wake up, I take a shower, I do my makeup, I do my hair, and I put on whatever schmata for the day. But then I sometimes forget to put on lip liner because I just get busy. I get jump on a call. I don't want to look like a second-rate hua on my conference call with, like, brown lip liner, you know, and no lipstick. So I try to class it up, slap a little Vaseline on or some chapstick. But then if I'm doing the podcast or if I'm having a call with a friend or if I just feel like, you know, being my normal self, I will, you know, not the work chameleon, I will put on the lip liner. So I just did that and I'm feeling breezy. Anywho, fact of the day. Okay. You know how plain food, yes, airplane food tastes so disgusting. I read that, that once you're in flight, you lose up to 30% of your taste buds. Apparently the elevation in the airplane has a detrimental effect on your ability to taste things. So I'm thinking, wait a second, is this why the plain food taste show shitty? Because even if you sit in the nice seats and they give you like the nice food, it still tastes kind of shitty. Apparently, dryness, they, they're, they're, you, you're, you experience dryness, obviously, at, at a high elevation as well, at, you know, and, and low pressure. And apparently that those two things combined not only makes your skin a little miserable, it 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 reduces the sensitivity of your taste buds. So if something's sweet or something salty, it, it it's it's less by 30%. Less sweet by 30%. Isn't that funny? I still think plain food is probably shitty, although I I but full disclosure, I do look forward to going on the plane when they serve food, or when they did serve food, I should say. When I go to Europe, there's there's meals on the plane. I never get the meat option. You know, I, I like a vegetarian option because, God forbid, you get sick. You have to deal, you want to go deal with that tiny bathroom? You want to deal with it? I mean, is that not misery? Can you, ima- can you imagine, can you imagine getting food poisoning on the, an airplane in that thing? That ever happened to you? Oh my God. First of all, the thought about shitting my brains out on a plane is so horrific to me. Or even worse, throwing up, putting, having to bend down and leaning over that ball. Oh, I can't even, I can't even, can't even think about it. So how are you doing? How are you doing? It's almost Super Bowl. It's, well, I should say it's Super Bowl this weekend. Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. I am, um, I'm not a big sports person, but I like I like I, I like the, the 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 convivial festivities around sports. Anytime there's anything that involves trays of food, I love to be there. <laughs> it's nice when you have when you're celebrating soup when you know you're watching the Super Bowl. And I don't even mind the whole thing, like you know, guys, guys, guys are guys. They're like, 
we need to watch the game. But sometimes you watch it with the guys and then the girls. And, you know, sometimes the girls, they're doing their own things. And the girls sometimes watch the show too. But I like I like that kind of thing. I like being around all the food. I like the girls in the kitchen. I do like to watch the Super Bowl. I, could, I do sometimes get into it. Um, after I got divorced, I got more into it, which is kind of hilarious because it was like when you're married, you know, it's like you, you obviously, you know, do those kind of things maybe together. And when I was married, I was like, nah, no interest in the Super Bowl. None, none, none. <laughs> but then after I was like, you know, this is actually kind of exciting. But I love the commercials. I love the halftime. I love the whole thing. I love the food. I love a six foot hero. That's what I love. Do you like a six foot hero? I die for a six foot hero. Six foot hero. Excuse me. If you don't know what that is. It's a giant hero sandwich, you know, on Italian bread that's six feet long. Yes, if you, I'm, I know you know what it is. And and I like I like a half American hero and a half Italian, or I like a half a chicken cutlet parmesan hero or something like that. I don't usually get that though. I, I, though I usually get the cold cuts. I also like wings. So I found this recipe for wings. I didn't make them yet, but I want to tell you what it is because. It looks so easy, and there's nothing that I like more than things that are easy that seem so fancy. Um, they're called mustard soy, yeah. mustard soy chicken wings. So uh, this is the best part. You just take a bowl, and you throw all these ingredients in. You marinate the chicken. You put it in the fridge for a few hours, and then you put them under the broiler in the oven. This is what's in the bowl. A quarter cup of, lem- a quarter cup of lemon juice, four tablespoons of mustard, they say preferably Chinese mustard. By the way, I read this in the paper. And I'm going to make it because I think it looks good. So a half a cup of lemon juice, four tablespoons of, of Chinese mustard, four tablespoons of soy sauce, one teaspoon of chili or chili oil. I'm not going to, I don't have that, so I will not put that in. Um, a teaspoon, te- sorry, a teaspoon and a half of ground turmeric, a half a teaspoon of five spice seasoning, 16 chicken wings, and if you want, some scallions. All you do is you throw all this stuff in the bowl together, mix it up with a spoon, pour it on the wings. I mean, well, I should say, put the wings in a Ziploc bag, put the marinade in there, put it on a plate in the fridge anywhere from three to six hours. When you're done marinating, all you do is you put them on a, a, you know, a, a broiler pan in the oven and you broil them for 15 to 20 minutes and then you're done. Honestly, they sound delicious. I don't usually like hot things, like super spicy things. And I usually like traditional wings, you know, with the buffalo sauce. Oh, I love buffalo sauce. I love the celery. I know you like that too, the celery. Oh, come on. I just love it. I love it. I have something funny to say about that. But, 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 but. You know what? Crispy, soyish, mustardy, Chinese-y tasting wings sounds delicious to me. I actually, and I don't have Chinese style mustard in my house but I do have enough packets that I've saved from takeout to use for it so it's only four tablespoons what is that like five packets I got that I got it on lock that's what I'm going to be doing I'm going to be making those for Super Bowl Sunday sounds delicious I don't have the scallions and I don't have the chili oil that's okay five spice seasoning though do you carry that do you you like as if as as if as if you are the um supermarket I'm curious if you carry that. It's a uh, it's a Chinese seasoning, or I don't even know if that's PC to say, but I I think I, I have it. It's by mine is by McCormick, and it's called um, Chinese Five Spice Seasoning, if I remember. And I like it. I like it a lot. This is what in Chinese Five Spice Seasoning: cinnamon, 
fennel seeds, fennel seeds, um, peppercorns, and and cloves. It's good. And 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 in Chinese cuisine, they use this seasoning for meat and fish or whatever. So sometimes I put it on chicken, and I you know, and then I drizzle a little olive oil on the Chinese five spice seasoning, and I put the chicken in the oven. That's how I do it. But anyway, mustard soy wings. Let me tell you something. When I was separated from my husband the first time, I'm actually divorced, but I was I was obviously separated before I got divorced. I was separated from my husband the first time. Yeah, I know. It's just it's like such so, so dramatic. Like it, we had a cultural differences. What was I gonna do? What was I gonna do? It was like it was, it was crazy. Anyway, we were together for 16 months. We got separated. We were separated for a year. Part of that reason, by the way, is because we didn't have sexy time for such a long time. I can't even talk about it. It makes me so upset. One newlywed just doesn't have sexy time for 10 months. Oh, uh, let me, you want me to answer? Me? Hi, me. Yeah, misery. It was misery. At the 16 months of marriage, when I was recently newly married, back, back, we got separated. And, um, you know, I was younger and I was um, interested in going out all the time and I love to eat. So I would just go to all the bars. I would get my single girlfriend. One of my, 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 I'm not, I'm not actually that friendly with her anymore. Um, we, we lost touch over the years, but my then, one of my then single girlfriends, and we would go to the bars that would have wing deals, chicken wing deals, and we would drink beer and have 10 cent wings. There used to be this bar um, down on a- a- Avenue C can't remember it, but they used to have a 10 cent wings night on a Wednesday night. And I used to go and I used to go ham on those wings. I used to love it because that's exactly what you should be doing when you're separated. You know what? When you're separated from your husband and you're in your, you know, your, your mid twenties, what you should do if you want to go find a new husband or just have fun is you should go to the wing. You should go to find all the pubs in Manhattan and go find the 10 cent wing nights and you should eat all the wings and you should drink all the beer. That's exactly what you should do. I mean, really, I, I was so bloated after the first three months of being separated. I looked I looked like a heffalump. You could roll me down the streets of Manhattan, okay? I didn't care. I loved wings so much. I would like, I literally, I never ate the full wing, you know, because sometimes it like skeeves me out around like the joint area. I know. I like just would lick it. Like, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead, I'm dead serious. Anyway. My friend that I was with when I used to do that with her, she was fun. She, we, we traveled together. We did some fun things together. Um, we we she's 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 one of these friends though. And not though I shouldn't say this because I I love everybody, but she she gets annoyed. She she annoys me. You know you know why she annoys me? Because she first of all she nitpicks everything. She's she's a nitpicker. She's a nitp- she nitpicks every little thing. Every guy she went on a date with, she nitpicked. Always found something wrong with them. Um. And, and she always like was a one upper, like anything you did, she like wanted to one up and you're like, you just like, I was tired, you know, and I'm tired and you know, and, and men don't like that by the way, which is probably why she might die a spinster. And I, you know, listen, I think the girl, she's a beautiful girl. She's lovely. I hope she finds somebody, but we wound up losing touch because I couldn't deal with that kind of pressure in my life. The nitpicking, the judging when I thought I was getting back with my ex, you know, at, when I was done being separated, I guess you could say, the, you know, there was all sorts of commentary. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I just can't. Anyway, any, any, any who, you know, what we did do together. I should say we went to an ashram. I should tell you that story one day. I'm not going to do it now, but I think I watched Eat, Love, and Pray, or read the book, or something like that. And you know, of course, I was like, I'm Diane Lane, who, by the way, is Barbara Streisand's daughter-in-law. I was in a complete depression when that happened. So, um, yeah. Is it me or birthday cakes getting ridiculous? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The other day, 
there was a Zoom birthday for uh, a kid. And, you know, so the parents, whatever, they had a cake. And, um, you know, watching the Zoom from afar. You know, the kids are excited, whatever. And uh, cake. The cake looked like it should have been on the Great British Bake Off. The cake was phenomenal. The cake was like eight tiers and rainbow, f- and every round tier of this giant wedding but birthday cake was a different color, round, blue, and red, and blah, blah, blah. And then it had, you know, characters all over it made of the fondant. Um, and when they cut into the cake, it was rainbow. Of course it was. Ra- it was, a ra- it was le- every, uh, you know, it was one of these rainbow smash cakes, whatever the hell you call them. It's rainbow cakes. You cut into it, it looks like a giant rainbow. Confetti throws up out of it, whatever it is. Sprinkles, it barfs out sprinkles. When, when did this happen? When did this, I mean, cause let's talk about this. We started with, I want to say maybe a buttercream wedding cake, right? Like back in the fifties, you'd had a wedding cake, a buttercream wedding cake, you know, nice, fine, whatever. Couple tiers, maybe the tiers of the wedding cake, they were held together by some plastic, you know, Roman columns sort of thing. Then we moved on to the fondant wedding cakes, the smooth white cakes everybody loves. Then maybe we would have fondant cakes for special occasions, a milestone birthday, you know, every now and then, maybe a fondant cake, sweet 16, whatever. Now, now, the kid's birthday. Kid kid turned six years old and you're having a fondant cake. Well, how much money? How much money are these parents spending on the cakes? I This cake, they're, they're barfing sprinkles. They're, they're gobstoppers. It's like it's like you cut into a turkey. Another turkey comes out. It's too much. Too much. Everybody's doing this. And then, the, the, here's the thing, though. The, your kid sees this elaborate cake. And then it comes time for their birthday. And then, then you gotta then you gotta deal with this. Like, mommy, why don't we have a cake like that? Why don't we have a cake like Susie? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Sue Susie's mom moonlights as a bit a pastry chef, that's why. It you know, it's, it's just it's like, please, you, you you're hurting us all. You're hurting and then and then there's a mother. Okay, there's a mother that I know. She had a cake for her kid. Kid turned seven. She had a Louis Vuitton cake. Now, listen, uh, great if you're turning 21 or 16 or, I don't know, 35 or, hey, I don't know, a divorce party. But, like, for your seven-year-old, a, a Louis Vuitton printed cake. What are you telling that kid? I mean, please, die. Dying over it. Die. So, um, my girlfriend, she called me up. I feel bad for her. She, like me, had two C-sections, and um, she has... A scar, as I do, and you know you might too. And um, and she's dating, and she is so shy of her scar. You know, be you know being in the boudoir. And you know what? I get it. Does this happen to you? I mean, it must happen to you. If you're like, if you're married, you're married. <clears throat> yes, of course. You your husband understands. He knows what you've been through. And and you know you still might be shy. I have a friend. She had a bunch of kids. And she said when we went out that she still she's every time show me when we went out was it I don't know eight months ago that when she's in the bedroom with her husband she she always wears she always wears something you know like a the tank top or a lacy camisole she just doesn't want him to see her stomach and that's her husband who adores her so imagine if you're single I mean literally how miserable how miserable for me my scars. I have the worst skin. It's like my my skin just scars forever. It's one of those kind of skins, you know. I I actually had fractional laser on my scar. It's um I don't know if you have this, but it's a treatment that you know you could <clears throat> you go to the the plastic surgeon, dermatologist, dermatologist usually, and they they t- it's like a gun kind of thing, and um it's just like the sort of laser they use for hair removal, but they put it on the scar, 
and uh, it, it supposedly reduces the appearance of scars, acne scars, surgery scars. It what it does, um, it it removes the outer layers of the damaged skin. But when you first get fractional laser done, I should say that your scars worse. Like your scars like looks bloody. It like because it like breaks the blood things or blood vessels. Honestly, I don't even know what the technical term is, but basically your scar looks like all bloody and horrific. It looks like someone just took a, a you know, a machete and sliced your stomach open again. And then though that, that clears up within a couple days and then the scar does get lighter. It really does work. Fractional laser. I've had that done not because I was so self-conscious of my scar, just because my scar just like is a dark scar. It's just not one of these scars that looks like it's going to be like silvery or, 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 or skin tone anytime soon. Like, I don't even think in like 17 years, it's going to be like this, but my girlfriend, her scar is not even that bad, but she had the two C-sections. She has the scar and she's dating and, and, and she's dating a guy, no children, no children. Um, and he's never dated a mom before and she really likes him. And this is where she's at. She does not want to take off her clothes. She does not want to take off her clothes. She does not want him to see the scars. And even worse, even worse, he doesn't really, you know, like to do certain positions that you would see maybe a scar. I feel bad for her. I do. I feel bad for her. So she's telling me this. What should she do? I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, I, I if I, if I were you, I would just, well, I don't know. One, talk to him about it, right? What, what, what do you do? What do you do? Talk about it. Talk about it. Explain to him that your body has, you grew two human beings inside your body and your skin stretched and, and stretched out. And, and then, and then they were, they were, they were, you had your stomach, major stomach surgery to give birth to these children. And he should be lucky that, you know, you didn't have him at the, out the vag because, you know, then, then it might be a loosey goosey roast beef curtain situation and nobody wants that. It is what it is. It happens, of course. But so he should be happy. And I said, just tell him, just tell him. And, and what's the worst he's going to say? He, he loves you. He's not going to give a shit, you know? And she said, she said a couple things here and there. And he says, oh my God, I'm so in the moment. I don't even look at that. I don't even pay attention to that. But it, you know, I think it's half his issue of not maybe saying, oh my God, you look amazing enough. And then I think it's also half her issue for not being so um, open about, you know, maybe her insecurities and stuff. I think you just got to tell people. But you know what? I said to her, why don't you focus on what your body can do instead of how it looks? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know if that's going to be so easy considering the fact that there's a certain, there's a certain limitation with positions, but you got to focus on the positives. I also said, go buy, go buy yourself some cute camisoles. First of all, Uniqlo, I think I've talked about this store. Like when I first started the podcast, Uniqlo, you know, big Japanese store, big chain. They make these um, shirts, Airism, the, uh, that's their like line. And they come in these little tiny packages. They're like not eight or nine dollars, whatever. They make these camisoles. They're almost like a nylon material. I have a million of them. I wear them like literally in, under my clothes in the snow when I'm cold. I wear them under a suit jacket. Just these little camisoles. They make V-necks, um, scoop necks, and they're perfect for this kind of thing. You wear that. You wear like a little boy short or a pair of cute thongs and, you know, whatever. But the thing is, really, the thing is, is, you know, all, when you go on social media specifically or when you're watching show, I mean, everybody, you, it's, it's so easy to compare your body because there's all these idealized images of other women. I mean, everybody, for the most part, everybody's like, you see really like in the mainstreams, like 
looking hot to trot. I mean, God forbid you even try to turn on The Bachelorette or some shit like that. Oh, Bachelor. I mean, everybody looks like a Barbie doll. It was completely unrealistic. So I said, look, if he loves you, he's not going to give a shit. And if, and, and, and if he loves you, really, really loves you, he's going to listen to you and he's going to work with you on it because that's what it's about. So, you know, I'm not going to be so, you know, dismissive and be like, pull yourself together. But at the same time, it's like, you know. So one of my friends um, told me about this thing. Oh, God. So ridiculous. It's, uh, it's called dickatyourdoor.com if, you if, if you're curious. <laughs> Basically, dickatyourdoor.com, no, this is an advertisement, you could send a friend or yourself a giant chocolate penis. They come in all different shades. You can get a big black one, a big white one, a yellowish kind of colored one. It's disgusting. Honestly, it's disgusting. This is the equivalent of sending somebody a glitter bomb. On, oh, well, well, let me say this. If you get divorced, I think dickatyourdoor.com is a great idea. If you have a friend that's going through a divorce, send her a chocolate dick. Like... And then and then and then that's better than a glitter bomb. You know about these glitter bombs? I don't know the website or anything, but a few years ago I heard about this thing. What a horror. Basically you sent do it to like your worst enemy. There's like a website and you go and you um for however much money, ten dollars, twenty dollars, they they put a giant envelope, manila envelope together and they put they fill the whole thing with glitter and you mail it to somebody and they open it up. You know, you rip open the manila envelope and it's glitter everywhere. Can you imagine? Oh god. Yeah, but dick at your door, which then, of course, reminds me of uh, that, um, you know, my girlfriend who had um, a guy that, that uh, whatever he called his penis, I can't even remember. And then I was talking to her and I was like, oh, yeah, that one time that this guy calls it the baloney pony. And then and then these comments on the post were hilarious. Pork sword. I've heard of pork sword before. A skin flute. Ew. Whatever man calls his, like, you know, Rajol a skin flute, he just has to go. That literally sounds so disgusting. That sounds criminal to me, a skin flute. Ugh. Ugh. I just get the most vile visual with that. I mean, not that I don't with baloney pony, but, like, a skin flute is, like, skin? Like, ugh. Skibots. There's a 29-year-old guy that started a, sp a sperm donor Facebook page. I just felt like I should tell you get tell you about that. You want a baby? No man? Need some sperm? Look no more than Facebook, everybody. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And I think that like sperm donors, sperm banks, all stuff, it was like a little tabooish maybe in the 80s and the 90s. It would be like, oh, she she's 40. She wants to have a baby. She went to a sperm bank. You know? And, um... Now, I guess you could just get your sperm anywhere. But there's a man shortage, apparently. There's a man shortage I was reading about. Because uh, during the pandemic, a lot, uh, not, not enough men are going into the banks to give, you know, to, to spread this seed, okay? But the demand, the demand for sperm is up because people are seeing that they could work from home and their company is more uh, acceptable and, 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 and cool with it and, and it's kosher. So, so, so these people from that, that maybe have not considered a baby in the past are now saying, well, hey, if I could work from home, I could totally become a parent. So there's this guy. He's a 29-year-old kid. He's in California and he started a Facebook group. It's called Sperm Donations Wait, what is it? Sperm donations? Hold on. Let me see. It's, um, yes, sperm, no, sperm donation. Sperm donation USA. He helps women connect with hundreds of donors. Hundreds of donors. He operates out of Malibu. You know who else operates out of Malibu? Kim K at Nobu with Kanye discussing the divorce documents. 
also at Noble Malibu, is this guy, 29 years old, running a big sperm ring on, <laughs> on Facebook. How hilarious. What a good idea, though. His sperm, his, this guy, his, his, his sperm ring, sperm circle, they, they, they've already had 35 kids. 35 kids were born using this, this guy's thing, using his platform. You know what the stats are on the sperm, by the way? 20% of people that go, 20, so who goes to a sperm bank, right? So then, of course, I'm thinking, who, go, who goes? Who goes? This thing? Who goes? I, I would go, single mom, if I wanted to have a baby, couldn't have a baby, or didn't want to, you know, just go with any old whatever, and I wanted to make sure that I was getting a, qu- a quality man, you know what I'm saying? 20% of people that go to the sperm bank, they're heterosexual couples. 60% are gay women. 20% are single mothers by choice. No single fathers, you know? guess they don't need the sperm, but that's it. Donors, they make $4,000 over several months. You know what else I didn't know about this? That you're not allowed by law, you're not allowed to sell or purchase human tissue. Well, I kind of feel like I knew that, but you know, in regards to this, I didn't. You're not allowed to sell or purchase human tissue. So technically sperm banks, they don't pay the men for their sperm. They, air quotes, they pay them for their uh, time and their travel. So yeah, that's how that works. You get four thousand bucks to um to give you sperm, and on your documentation it doesn't say the sperm. It's for your time, you, you know, your airfare. I wonder how much that is uh per hour. What that what they put that down for? If you want to find a donor, though, I do have a couple of friends that um that were looking for donors that didn't use the Malibu, you know, Malibu Ken Badal, his, his Facebook page. They, they used an app. There's apps, um, just a baby, just a baby. And, um, the other one I wrote it down. Where is it? Um, Moda Millie, M M O D A M I L Y Moda Millie. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about that? That's a lot of pressure picking a donor. It's a lot of pressure. It's like, yes, I went to MIT I play chess. I'm a physics major. I'm also a co-founder of Google. I have hair that's not going to fall out. And my parents are brilliant. Like, I mean, that is that what kind of stuff you look for? Or do, do you look based on culture? I, I don't really know. I don't really know. But the other thing is like, the other thing about, about the sperm donor is if you are the guy, if you are the guy, you got like, and you're doing the sperm thing, it's your part-time job, you know, whatever the deal is. You got like 50 kids running around. Do you care? Donor kids? 50 donor kids? Do you want to know who they are? I mean, I know women sell their eggs too and all that kind of stuff. I would want to know. I, I mean, I, I, you know what? Knock on wood. You never know when you're going to, you know, really need to, God forbid, do anything like that. Or, you know, I don't know if you really need the money. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. If I, I don't think I could do it. I just don't think I could do it. I really don't. I wouldn't want to know that I have 50 donor kids running all around. You know, and, and then, and, and if you are a sperm bank child, well, I, you know, these people obviously have it all sorted out. They all have it unlocked. But like, what do you tell, what do you tell your kids? Do you just say that like, you know, say you're a lesbian couple and you know, you decide to go to the sperm bank. Um, what do you tell your kids? You say, you know, when they, if they say when they're five, six, seven, you know, where's daddy? You know, I know how my kids ask me about getting, you know, you, divorce and all that kind of stuff, which is hard. But, um, you know, what, what do you say when they say, where's daddy? I mean, when they're older or when they're older, like in their 13, 14, like, and you know, do you say, well, you know, 
mommy, you know, you're two mommies. We love each other and we want to have a baby and whatever. And so we, we went, we go to a place where we could pick a daddy. Is that what you tell them? When, what happens when they, or when they found out the semen and egg story in health class, you know? And they're like, I have two mommies. Like, you know, do you, did you mommy go to the supermarket, you know, pick up some juice and then drank it? And that was the end of that, you know? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't think it's that. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be worried as that at that part, what the communication is with the child and all that. I would be more focused if I was the guy thinking that I have a thousand kids running around on this earth. So. We talked about dick at your door, which could have been the product of the day, but nah, that's more campy. Do you know the Manolo Blahnik Hangisi? That shoe? The Manolo Blahnik Hangisi? This shoe is the one that Carrie Bradshaw, famous shoe, Google it, Hangisi, H-A-N-G-I-S-I, if you don't know it. This is the blue shoe that Carrie Bradshaw wore on her wedding day. The blue, the royal blue satin with that big, beautiful rhinestone rectangle at the top of the toe. Well, those shoes are delicious. And I, I, I'm a fan. And, um, and I do have some Manolos, but I do not have that shoe. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm not getting married. I have nowhere to go. You know, I, I don't need a, sand, a satin shoe like that. But wouldn't it be nice just to have like a pair or like a flat pair, you know, just to have, just to take out of the closet and just give it a spin around the house. And I'm about to tell you a, a, a real deal secret right here, okay? Are you on AliExpress at all? Alibaba. We talked about Alibaba a couple weeks ago. Jack Ma's company, richest man in the world, Jack Ma, who's now missing. But Alibaba does um, a lot of wholesale stuff, B2B sort of commerce website. But AliExpress, and they have other divisions. AliExpress is, um, they do B2B too, but they also do business to consumer. So you can buy things on AliExpress. It comes from China that you might not be able to buy like on Amazon. And one of these things is a pair of fake Manolo Blahnik Hangisi shoes, and they're branded. So here's the thing. This, I'm going to, if you want to know, just, uh, you're going to have to message me. I could send you, like, like I could literally send you the link if you're interested, but you go to, this is how you find them. You go to AliExpress.com and you type in women's, I mean, it's so ridiculous. I say this all the time, these names, women, flat, shoe, satin, flat sole, pointed wedding shoe, rhinestone buckle. Then they come up. These are the flat version, so not the heels. They're the flat Manolo Hangisi version. They are $39. It's $5 to ship to the USA. They come in like nine colors. They come in all the sizes. Chinese shoe sizes are different than um, American or European. So I am a, a nine, a US nine. In Europe, I wear a 39 or a 40. In China, I'll wear a 41. You know, usually like a 41 here might be an 11. But in China, not a size 9 is a 41. So um, I didn't get them yet. Full disclosure. I ordered them. And I'm waiting for them to come. And when I get them, I'll tell you about them. But you know what? I'm so excited. Because, listen, I don't give a shit that they're fake Manolo Blahniks. The fact that they're branded, it's kind of actually appealing to me. Um, and I don't, you, you know... I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't usually do stuff like this. First of all, I don't usually buy shoes from China. I don't usually buy shoes online, period. I have to go to the store and try them on. My feet are sensitive. I, I, I usually only wear like leather shoes or like plasticky sort of like Haviana sort of flip-floppy things. I just, my, my feet are sensitive. But you know what? I don't give a shit. They look beautiful. For $39, I'm wearing them around the house. I'm going to be like Blanche Devereaux. I recommend 
And I mean, how fun. You can go into Bergdorf Goodman or Saks or ManolaBlahnik.com or whatever the websites are, and you can go and you can buy these shoes and you can buy them for $800. Or why don't you just go buy the fake version? Who gives a shit? Who cares? I don't, that's for sure. And when I wear them, I'll do a TikTok and I'll tell you. But fake Manolo Blahniks, hang easy, they're branded. I don't think they come in the box, but I will let you know. $40, please, whatever. I, I hope they're leather. I really do. They might not be, but that's okay. Question from the audience. Oh, it's a closed question. I love this. Hi, Elise. Which lingerie did you talk about on your podcast to buy on Amazon? I forgot. Thank you. Oh, how cute is this? Oh, I make another episode. I need it for my ride to work. Okay, love you. Um, I talked about a couple in the past. One is, oh, sorry, who knows these names? Akauer. That's a brand. Akauer. E-K-O-U-A-E-R. This brand I found on Amazon. Other girls have wrote, written to me and said, oh, I, I love this brand too. They make like the softest pajamas, like little nightgowns, you know, uh, pants and a top so soft the other brand that I, I like on Amazon is a brand called Avid Love Avid A-V-I-D they make um a bra they make like more they make sexy stuff and they make a bra and underwear um set with a garter belt that I really like this is um it's called the Avid Love women's lingerie set with garter belt sexy bra and panty underwire lingerie sets can't deal with these names but the garter belt is wide it's like it's like five inches wide so it um hides your mom's stomach is basically what I'm saying and that I love it and you know what the, the material is fine the material is fine it's 20 bucks so Avid Love is one of the brands I've spoken about Akauer is one of the brands I've spoken about if you guys like hearing about the fake Manolos uh, and other things that we could find um on Alibaba let me know I have a ton of stuff I've been ordering from there I'm like a junkie and it's so cheap I, I, listen I bought lingerie from AliExpress for two dollars. That's right, two dollars. And let me tell you, it's banging, banging. I'm done with Victoria's Secret. You're dead to me. Close, uh, closing it out with the quote of the day. Excuse me. Um, Tory Burch. Speaking of shoes, Tory Burch. I'm always perpetually out of my comfort zone. Tory Burch. I'm always perpetually out of my comfort zone. Of course you are, because you're you're fashion mogul. And if you want to do anything daring in this world, you can't be comfortable. You have to feel uncomfortable to grow and be. And that's her quote. I'm always perpetually out of my comfort zone. Toy Borch. That's all for today's episode of the Lisa Lucci Show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Season two, baby, we're here. Episode 40. I am going to pitch this to the radio stations. Hey, if you know anybody that works at a radio station, hit me up. We'll talk. Um, okay. Oh, oh my God. I want to tell you something else before I forget. Oh, I should do, maybe we should talk about the next one. I'll tell you. Some girl on TikTok, she writes me and she's like, hey, Lisa, I'm from Staten Island. You have anybody set me up with? And I'm like, I do actually. So listen, if you want me to try to help you, try to set you up with people, I know, you know, I have a lot of friends. Ping me. Okay. Thank you for listening. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, follow me on Insta. I post more personal pics on Insta. Um, and of course, TikTok and I will talk to you later. Ciao, ciao.